0: Shut up and sit down. All right, welcome back to the Limited Upside Podcast. This is the fifth iteration. Uh, we took a week off in between. A lot happened in the NBA again in the week off that we didn't get to do this podcast. Turns out my regular life, Mike's obligations to SB Nation's NBA uh, content They get it in the way. Obligations. Because yes. this, is, this is the passion project. Right. That yeah. is work. If I could right? do this 24-7, I'm I know. sure I would do this. Well, know, it's obviously. funny because you work in what a lot of people would say it would be like their first hobby. Like, well, I follow the MBA, right? Yeah.
1: But that's, you know, it's a passion. It's fun. There's a double-edged sword to it sometimes. Yeah, for you're, sure. When your hobby is your passion, then you don't have a hobby. It's <laughs> <That's>
0: true. <laughs> I guess you're gonna get, have to get into like advertising and marketing. Right. You know? <laughs>
1: there
0: you go. <laughs> exactly. But no, anyway, it's been a, it's been a couple weeks. A lot has happened in the NBA in terms of um. There's been some uh, coach firing or oh. a coach firing. There's been some key people coming back from injury. Um, there's been some key people getting injured. Um, and then on top of that, there's been some shakeups in the overall landscape via trades. So there's plenty to talk
1: about. It's a, it a very long-winded way of saying that. Like, there was a player who was involved in 29 trade rumors. I so you it, documented this. Yeah, did you not? I put... um. The Celtics blog archive was mm-hmm. instrumental. I basically went back in all the years of their archive and just typed in mm-hmm. Control F Rondo because <laughs> they do such a good job of getting like every single po- rumor is like a thing that they sure. put up. Sure. So I he's found
0: been the most rumored to be traded
1: player in the NBA. I think so. It has and to be. It's almost to the point where yesterday, like there are so many indications that like okay, we're really serious this time. But there was still a part of me that was like, you know, why are we writing out <laughs> the trade in advance? Like, why are we kind of thinking about our analysis pieces already? Like, this isn't going to happen. This is just a waste of time. But, of course, it finally did. We had planned out a few things, and we were ready to go. So. So, uh, well, so that
0: we had plenty of previous rumors, some of which made sense for various competitive teams in the Western Conference. There's some or, really juicy ones there, too. There really are. Chris and then,
1: Paul, I guess, is what that was what Boston yeah. was pushing. There was one that the, the Curry-Rondo rumor sure, from sure. re- soon after that, where both teams are kind of worried because the Warriors love Curry, but the Celtics are worried about his ankles. Right. Well, so it's we Sacramento. should preface this.
0: We're doing this the day after the trade. This is December 19th. It's a Friday. And we're doing this the day after the Celtics sent all-star point guard Former all-star point guard Rajon Rondo to the Dallas Mavericks for Dwight Powell, Brendan Wright, Jay Crowder, Jameer Nelson. A first-round pick, which they can flex to two years from now. It's probably going to be a 2016. It'll probably be a 2016, not this upcoming draft. The only and way a two- it's not
1: is if Dallas is, doesn't make the playoffs. Correct,
0: and which we'll talk about later. We think they will. And a second-round draft pick, which is weird because it's not an aggressively large haul. Celtics are going to have to cut a few players in their team right now, who are probably about the same as Jay Crowder or Jameer Nelson. They might even they might even let Jameer Nelson go into the general free agent population now.
1: Well, they they lose Dwight Powell goes to Dallas, right. but they also they cut some center that uh, Havarani, who like his stinks. Sure, sure. Like, well, nothing, I mean, nothing special it. about him. Right, right, um, right.
0: But this is all part of. It. <laughs> I think I may have said this on one of the earlier pods, but. Um, Danny Ainge is a master at convincing the Boston, uh, different than Hincky. Sam Hincky got the Sixers fan base to buy in immediately to this, but Danny Ainge has a much more, uh, it's much less transparent. He doesn't want to win and has been doing that since the first time he sat Paul Pierce over a decade ago with no injury at the end of a season. He does a lot of this. But this, is, um, this was a trade they had to make. They weren't going to re-sign him. I just don't know if they really got that much. So first off, let's what talk if, about the trade itself. Yeah. Then I want to talk about the impacts in the Western Conference, and then eventually where that seeds the Mavericks and the other eight teams with the best chance to win the Western yeah, Conference. we're gonna
1: go through our one through eight power polls, see mm-hmm. if they're different. The West right.
0: Coast only. So let me throw it at you, Mike. Who wins this trade? What are your initial reactions? Do you think that there is a winner?
1: Well, let's. You you mentioned Boston first. Let's Mm -hmm. let's hit them first. Sure. Uh, The Celtics, you think, did not get a very great return for Rondo. Yeah. Uh, The thing is, though, what. There was just no market. You know, the the worst thing that could have happened in the Celtics over the last few years was when Rondo tore his ACL last year. I think, you know, Ainge was always kind of thinking about, like, when. I'm not sure that Rondo is a guy I want to turn the franchise over to. There's just a lot of baggage there. And Personality as well. Personality. Mean, I mean, that's what I mean. Yeah, Personality, yeah. whatever. So it's ACL, style.
0: physical baggage a little bit, and also how he represents an organization.
1: Yeah. The the, the latter stuff was always a concern, I think. But now that they tore his ACL, he just suddenly hasn't been the same player since mm-hmm. then. And so... 2012, 2013, like when that season started to go south, that was the sweet spot to trade Rondo. But nobody wanted to take him because they didn't know how he was going to be health wise. And I think the Celtics wanted to see like if they could. If he was back to the same player he developed, then they could have flipped and gone the other way with their rebuild. Mm-hmm. So I think that just really ruined the value that Ainge could have gotten for Rondo. You know, it's it's impossible to know if this was, like, the best trade because we have no idea really what he turned in. Right. I we guess don't really I guess know what the rumors were true. The market
0: true. defines the value.
1: Right. right. So it's, it's tough. You know, is this great value for him? You know, I actually think it's not bad value when you consider that He's not the same player. He really has not been.
0: But he's 28
1: years old. He is 28.
0: And he's not a guy whose whole career has been predicated upon, like, his freakish athleticism. His body build is what makes him freakish on the court, but that's not going to go away. His limbs, his hands, uh, his footwork.
1: He's, like, has no confidence. He doesn't drive. He doesn't shoot free throws well. His free throw shooting is absolutely appalling. So, and... He was an impending free agent, and they—he wasn't going to stay. So I, I don't. And wh- the other offers that were out there, reportedly, the Lakers offered Steve Nash and a couple other. M- right. Uh, we picks. should
0: we should uh, say as well, the Celtics did get the trade exemption as part of this as well.
1: Yeah, I'm not totally sure how that worked, but yeah, I guess it's so. like
0: 12.9 million. I guess that that ends up helping them bring on the three players that they accrued in the trade without hurting their cap.
1: Yeah, I don't totally know, again, how them salary on, the salary you're, you're come on there, but I'll have yeah. to take a closer look. Yeah, we, yeah, we'll talk about that next spot. I don't think that's that significant. They're sure, going to be under sure. the cap, so the exception is not yep. really going to be that useful. And um, no
0: one, Boston can't sign an actual good free agent anyhow because it's not a glamorous right, market.
1: They're basically, unless they go over the cap really quickly, I don't mm-hmm. think that that's really going to play in. Sure. But they got a first-round pick for him. It's very hard to get that. Um, it's probably... They're smart to defer it, I think, a year, mm-hmm. which is what I think Boston wants. I think that way, you know, if Dallas doesn't sign all of, of Ellis, Chandler, and Rondo this summer, they're probably not going to be as good. So they're going to get a better pick. Um, do you
0: think they're going to now trade Jeff Green?
1: Oh, yeah. I they think they have to gonna right? try to. Pretty do. much yeah. have to. I mean, the problem is that Jeff Green also doesn't have a market. Nope. You know, if, he, if someone was willing to offer even a low first-round pick for him, he'd be gone already. Sure. And nobody does, because I think they know that he's... Not as good as his numbers are indicating. Um, yeah. So I think they're bottoming out. I, they get a good pick. Brandon Wright, still pretty young, still 27. You know, I know he's not as good as I think his like very advanced numbers are because he's very contained in a certain role on yeah. a certain team. He's playing
0: second unit minutes on a team that plays a very gifted offensive system. And his career numbers tell you he shoots a high percentage, but he's not going to play a whole lot of minutes. He fouls a lot. The other thing, too, is... And why he's sort of a nice fit with Boston is they don't have a very athletic front court. Yeah. Kelly Olenek and Sollinger are on the ground players. Wright plays above the rim. He's a very active and athletic guy. And they shoot. And they shoot, right. So it's a good fit there. I think
1: the thing is he's also a free agent, so who knows? I I, I think Dallas was right to cash him in, you know, in theory. I mean, we'll see if Rondo works out. But in theory, I think he's a free agent. He's never going to be as good as he is right now value-wise. I mean, they've taken him from, like, off the scrap heap and made him into a really good contributor. Sure. So, but it's talking
0: about how this positively influences Boston means nothing because – Danny Ainge doesn't want a positive influence here. Well. Uh, this whole this whole <laughs> trade is so they can get some more assets and get a little bit worse and hopefully get within that top five because the team right now was a little bit too competitive and was going to see themselves not getting a top five pick and. You know, the the truth is, the success rate after the top five or the the fifth pick in the draft drops to the 10th pick, and then that drops significantly from 11 through 15. And incrementally, you have to become wiser with who you're picking, how your scouting's going. We've watched the Celtics, uh, they picked James Young last year. He's in the D League. He was a top 15 pick.
1: 17. 17,
0: okay, so top 20 pick.
1: Yeah, but they also get Marcus Smart. That seems to have worked very well for them so far. Okay,
0: and he was a top 10 pick. Yeah. Which we had argued about, but it's okay. So, and uh, and uh, they picked Fab Mello a couple of years ago, who is now no longer in the NBA. Those are the types of picks, the, those 18 through 25 picks. Uh, that's who you're gonna get from the Mavericks probably even next year. Probably. Probably. But they also
1: did get Jared Sellinger late. Adrian sure. Bradley was a late first round player. Yeah, so they've done uh, some good there.
0: But the problem is when they do too good, then they get too close to the middle again. And this is the this yeah. is the dichotomy. It's it's like, well you wanna be getting better and you wanna be picking guys to help your team, but if they can't make you A contender, then, well, all they're doing is keeping you in the middle. And the Celtics are very much in that central NBA of not a playoff team, not a contender, not one of the worst teams. Well coached, so right then and there, that puts them in a lot of games. I mean, despite some fourth quarter meltdowns, they could be, or still are, I should say, very much in the hunt for the eighth seed in the in the East. They're they're a half game behind Brooklyn for the eighth seed. That's amazing. And and I think so. Off the air, we talked about this. You think that they could still be pretty much just as good as they were without Rondo? I don't think Rondo. they lose that much. Yeah. Rondo
1: is really not playing well for them, right? So I, you know, and Marcus Smart has shown a lot of flashes. Mm-hmm. So you know, the the uh, flip side of your argument is that at least, yes, you they don't have the the piece, mm-hmm. right? They're kind of and almost in a spot like where Orlando and Utah is. They don't have the piece. They have pieces, but remember how Ainge constructed his first title team? Mm-hmm. Is that he flipped all these. Pieces sure. for Garnett and Ray Allen. Sure. You know, you might be hoping for a similar type of thing. And remember, they have bro- like almost all Brooklyn's picks. Yeah, they do. A couple of them unprotected. They have picks from the Clippers. They have a pick from Cleveland next year. They have, I think, seven or eight picks in the next three years. Sure. First round picks. I mean, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm some of those guys are going to turn to useful assets but. or contributors. You yeah, know, right? Moray
0: did this. They didn't draft anyone in Houston, but they ended up with two superstars yeah. via trading That's draft the draft plan. Right. Now, the, the,
1: the problem is they don't have a Paul Pierce that can kind of, like, is mm-hmm. already, like, a player. That guy could have been Rondo and sure. it didn't work out. Sure. But, you know, now is the next phase of his plan. He's got to make something with it. But, you know, when you think about how much how many picks he got for dismantling a title team. I think he did pretty well. Yeah. Certainly fleece Brooklyn. I think yeah, this was not you know, a bad trade. I think they yeah. got some they they what? got about as much as they could.
0: And the difference is when when Brooklyn made this trade, it was a great unknown. Right? It was, well we're gonna add a bunch of veterans together with big contracts. We're gonna take a swing at a new market, hopefully be successful so we can get a new fan base to be excited about Brooklyn basketball. I am that's not what the Mavericks are doing. The Mavericks have a a contender will segue right into the Mavericks now because yeah. enough about what this does for Boston. What it does for the Mavericks is potentially make them the best team in the Western Conference. Uh, now that's debatable, and we will we'll debate that. I don't. I don't think that. I don't think you do either. But it definitely sweetens the pot f- for the argument to be made on their behalf, and it 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 is not dissimilar to what initially made Boston successful, uh, which was they brought three guys together who they hoped would mesh, but I think it looks like something that will mesh. I think Rondo is a really good complement for a really high-octane offense. He doesn't have to shoot because they have Monte Ellis, they have Dirk Nowinski, they have Chandler Parsons. You could argue that the best point guard-center combination in the league that doesn't need a play run for them would be Rondo and Chandler.
1: Well, yes, but you could also... Every player gets run for Rondo in sure. a different way. Well, yeah.
0: that's fair. But the point I'm making, though, is the, the defined roles on this team should be set from the first practice they have together. That's usually a very difficult part of building chemistry is understanding who's going to do what, what have you done in your career that you need to change moving to your new team. And I don't think that's really going to be an issue with this team. Plus, Carlisle is a great coach and mm-hmm. commands respect right off the bat. Yes, And yes, I think that's going to be big here.
1: There's a forest and a trees argument here. You know, the the phrase people sometimes lose, they they see the forest for the trees. I think the trees argument, if I understand, if I'm using this analogy correct, the Mm -hmm. one, the the two nitty gritty argument is that this is a bit of an awkward fit. I'm not sure it's going to be so easy. One of the reasons that Dallas was so good offensively Mm -hmm. this year is just the way they pop the ball around and catch and go, catch and pass. They made up for, really, if you look at their shooting, right? I mean, Nelson was okay. Parsons was slumping. Dirk is obviously an incredible shooter. Monte is not really a catch and shoot guy. They don't really have like the great shooting at the wings. They just kind of were able to, nobody really held the ball for a very long time. So they're able to create all these driving openings. That's not Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo likes to hold the ball and survey and keep oh, yeah. the dribble alive yep. and keep a live dribble. Baseline dribble, go around them yeah. the basket. Yep. Is that going to be a great fit for what Dallas does? I think that's a question. You know, it. But they also didn't make this trade. I don't think for offense. I think they made this trade because they're just getting shredded defensively. Sure. Now that's uh, also an interesting question, though, because. In the early stages of his career, I think Rondo was just the best defensive point guard. Oh, he was—he he was, was a, a, a spiderweb of a human being. He was a terror. Yeah, but I think yeah. in recent years, whether it's due to effort, whether it's due to the ACL, whether it's due to just kind of, you know, n- being a little too headstrong and thinking that he could kind of get away with it, I think his effort has lagged. Mm-hmm. That may be. But and I is think his
0: motivation and part of that. Like um, showing up to uh, to work with Boston was showing up, understanding that you were very much. Part of a rebuilding process that you really weren't in the long-term mm-hmm. plans for. Well, now he's in a non-rebuilding, pro. he's in a win-now short-term solution. It could be the exact opposite mentality which might work well for Rondo because the last short-term solution he was part of, they won the NBA title.
1: Yeah, so that's the forest argument, sure. which is the trees is that if you look at the nitty-gritty, yeah. it's not the best fit. You're integrating him midseason. He's a dominant personality, and he plays a certain way that doesn't really mesh with what Dallas does, and mm-hmm. he's not the defender that he's, rep- rep- he's reported to be.
0: And this could be a very short rental.
1: Yeah, and he's a free agent, right. and he gave up... a some really your only semblance of a front court depth. Yep, they have nobody right now. I have right?
0: that circled here on my piece of paper in your trees argument. Depth, yeah, depth is everything in the NBA. So we've watched now how many centers right now from the Bulls centers to uh, OKCs, I'm sorry, to um, uh, the Warriors center, uh, to Portland center. But you can go down a lot of contenders and they lose one big man, and all of a sudden there's no other center on that roster. Yeah, they're in trouble. Chandler's a guy who struggled with lower back issues for the greater part of five years now. Well, lower back issues flare up. I can tell you firsthand <laughs> from sleeping, yeah. okay, from yeah. walking, sleeping, eating, sneezing. That happens all of a sudden. You don't have right to bring off the bench to give you more or less that same tap back energy. Don't need the ball in your possession type center. Uh, they have very little depth. Yeah, they That do. concerns me.
1: That is a con- that's that should be a concern. Yeah, you know, they, there's talk that they're going to add Jermaine O'Neal. I think they're going to try to see if Greg Smith can help them a little bit. Mm-hmm. They might even make a trade. I mean, they have some guys. They, Devin Harris is a good player, but do they need Devin Harris now that they have Rondo? Maybe sure. they can move Harris for front court depth. Monte could be your backup point guard if. Yeah, need that and you know. they have JJ Barea, sure. and they even have Raymond Felton, who you know, look, hasn't played at all this year. But if if you had to trade Devin Harris, it's not the worst thing in the world to sure. give him 15 minutes a game. Right. So that that is a concern. That so that's the trees, the forest argument though is kind of a couple things that you talked about. Dallas has a history. And I think I would argue recently a very good one of bringing in these guys that are at the low point of their value, banking on their Dirk and their system and their mm-hmm. way of playing to kind of prop them back up to atmosphere. their old la- level yeah, the right and atmosphere. benefiting. So they buy low. I mean, they've had some misses. But, you know, They tried it with Lamar Odom. That didn't work. They tried it with a lot of guys. But you look also at other people. Monte, great mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. Tyson Chandler, great example. I would say Vince Carter, a great example, back when they had him. Yeah. When they traded for him, he was oh, they, not doing anything. They gave
0: Vince a lease on another five years of NBA, not just serviceability. He's a key part of Memphis's second yeah. class team.
1: Yeah. No, Vince Carter, I would say. Yeah. Uh yep. even someone like Sean Marion for a couple of years, when sure. he signed with them, he was it was not for much more than the mid level. His reputation had fallen off a bit. Uh, you're absolutely right. You know, and they're trying it again now with Harris and Berea and it's just what they do, and so they have every reason to believe that Rondo... If, if Rondo is going to kind of get back to the level he once was at, don't you think that a place like Dallas offers the best chance for that? I do. Yeah, and then, I do. And then the other thing is that the other 4 starting is that you have to look at where Dallas is. If Dallas kept their same team, they're losing in the first round. No questions asked. There's no... There's no way they're beating... I don't think there's no way they're beating anybody in the West with their way they play defense on the perimeter. Mm I just don't think there's any way. And when they played offense against really good teams, it wasn't quite as good. I think their numbers are inflated a bit by just crushing some of the bad teams. Yeah. So they needed to do something. Dirk is, what, 37, 38 now? I mean... He's old. He he doesn't have much time left. And they don't have, like... They had to do something to kind of make that push. And they did it with, really, with only... When you... Only have to give up a backup center who plays twenty minutes a game. Never is going to play that much more because you can't play him with Chandler. Sure. For a guy like Rondo, I think you have to do it and just roll and see what happens. I,
0: I think it's the right play. I thought it was the right move um, when these rumors started to surface. I thought the Mavericks, great. I don't want to see Rondo go and uh, you know form a partnership with Kobe that they think they can extend to Kobe's forty. Yeah. Um, I think back to how many wide open 15-foot jump shots KG got with the Celtics. I think Rondo helped kind of usher in the second half of KG's offensive career, which was as a pick and pop jump shooter, no longer a baby hook, work around the basket type big man. He helped move him further away, but got him easier shots in doing so. So though he moved a little further away from the basket, his percentages still stayed high. Um, I, I can see that happening very much with Dirk in this case. And one of the things that Rondo does do by pounding the ball is he brings a lot of attention to him because he's pretty good around the basket. Now, when he was offensively at the top of his game. Well, he's not anymore. Well, right. I'm saying when he was at the top of his game offensively, he had really good touch around the basket. All the different English and spins you needed from all from the right side, from the left side, albeit always with his right hand. Um, But what happened was that uh, the open shots that Ray Allen got, the open shots that KG got, were all very much a symptom of the distribution and court spacing and attention that Rondo took. Now, I think they could see a lot of the same parallels with the Mavericks. one thing I will say, though, is that... The Mavericks, as an offensive flow, uh, you talk about getting Chandler Parsons integrated into the system, that is something I worry about. Because now they're going to have to integrate a very, like we said, strong personality who plays the position that starts every possession, Mm -hmm. Well, realistically starts most possessions, and then that guy has to worry about getting all of his teammates to like him, but primarily he has to make sure that he's getting Dirk, Monte, and Parsons shots, and there's only one basketball and Parsons is the one who needs the most touches right now because he's the one who's struggling the most.
1: Uh, he's, he's picked it up a lot recently, I would say. Yeah,
0: he, ha- he, he has. He started he's off played. poorly.
1: Yeah, he was a bad start. But, you know, but it, you, you, you also say integrate. Yes. We're not just talking about anybody that they're integrating. We're no. talking about Rajon Rondo. No, yeah, absolutely. Incredibly dominant personality that has gotten mm-hmm. on a lot of people's nerves. Sure. Integrate is almost the wrong word. I mean, they have to change. I it's mean, a mold. Yeah. I mean, when you bring in Rajon Rondo, you bring in everything that he brings, and that is the way that... He plays is your that's your offense now. Yeah, I, I can see him like the, in the
0: back of my head. I have him being like really good friends with Mark Cuban. Like the the, the two like very maniacal. Everyone always says Rondo is like a savant because like, he's so smart. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons he doesn't necessarily fit in with a lot of other players or the NBA culture is that he is a really intelligent guy. He wants to go get into his you know fashion elements after the game. He's got a lot of hobbies and interests. That supersede maybe basketball. And that is something that I think um Mark Cuban is going to offer him the opportunity. And this has to do with him maybe re-signing next
1: year. Oh, he's, I think he's re-signing. I mean, uh, I don't you know. Don't, I don't know about that at all. Well, but, why uh, would you mean, I don't think that they make the trade unless they were to tell him like if oh, you want if you want us if we want you to stay, will you stay? Well th-
0: this is a good this is a good way for us to get into the top eight in the Western Conference because yeah. or at least the top eight teams that have the best chance of winning the Western Conference. Yeah, this let's is not, this, uh, i oh specify, this is not This is not who we think is going to be the one seed, the two seed, the three mm-hmm. seed, the eight seed. This is who we think the eighth best chance of winning the West is and the best chance of winning okay. the West is. Right. Yeah, cause that, That's mostly
1: because the Thunder, I think, are going to be a low seed. Correct. But I think, if you think about it, they have a better chance of winning right. so the West. Right, so that's why uh, we're doing it
0: this way. But uh, to, to, to no, to blend in the Rondo conversation to that, I think that they're making this deal with we're going to try to win the title this year, and then whatever happens after June, we'll just play it by year. Because re-signing Rondo is a slippery slope. If they don't win the NBA title this year, and Dirk plays another season or two, um, there's going to be I mean, there's going to be um, money not coming off the books. It's going to make it difficult for them to sign Rondo when another team like the Lakers or Knicks might try to max him out, even though he's not a max player. Whereas yeah. the Mavericks don't look at him as a max player.
1: Yeah, I, you know? I, I will say this. I think that they... they Wanted to see if the money was equal, if he would stay. I mean, sure. one of the reasons that few trades have happened is that Rondo has essentially reportedly told teams, like, I'm not going to stay with you. I right. guess well, that's why Sacramento doesn't happen right sure. now. Sacramento, I think, has offered more than what Dallas... Far more,
0: yeah. yeah and we talked um, about that reportedly. a few podcasts ago. They, they're the team... Uh, they can offer the most, but man, we'll, we'll talk about Sacramento later. Let's talk right. about actually good teams. So, All right, so we'll you, start at eight. Let's we'll start do at that. Eight. We're just yeah. going to say who are number eight...
1: Best chance. The best chance of winning the Western Conference.
0: I have Portland as the eighth best chance to win the Western Conference. Robin Lopez's injury is going to hurt them a lot. Their East, their East Coast heavy schedule so far, which they've dominated, they're like 11 or 12-1 and one against the East. That's going to die down a little bit. I think it's hard for them. It's going to be hard for them to sustain such tremendous play! Like last year, they also kind of dipped a little bit towards the end of the season, just a little bit. But um, I have Portland is my eighth best chance to win the West. I don't see them winning the West, but I can see them having a playoff series win uh, and being tough to matchup wise, tough to go against for all the teams in the West okay. because Aldridge. But um, yeah, all I've right, eight- you have
1: Portland. I'm going to go with a bit of a controversial pick. Okay, I'm going to pick Houston as my eighth best chance to win okay. the West. Okay, Houston at eight. Interesting. And my reasoning is that I just don't. Think that those got like they cannot go into the playoffs again with Harden make with Harden having to do all of this mm-hmm. that he's had to do this year. He has been unbelievable. this <laughs> has great. Yeah, he may be the MVP, um, but you ca- I don't think that they can go into a playoff series after Harden drags them to whatever record they have mm-hmm. and expect him to win when everybody can key on you and you don't really have any other guys that on the perimeter that can kind of handle the ball. Actually, I think that's one of the reasons they were in Rondo rumors, even though the fit makes no sense there. They're just looking at it, and they're thinking hard has got to do everything for mm-hmm. us, offensively, oh, yeah. in tight spots. And he is right now, amazingly. Yeah, he, but he, he is, is now, but he, he is, is against, I'd say, yeah. an easy schedule. Mm-hmm. I know they get Dwight back, but I think you know it's going to take a little time for Dwight to get back to himself. It's I quite alright. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and it's nice that they got into big production out of Monty Yunus. So that's actually going to really help. Man, his their his evolution. We were way ahead on that, by the way. <laughs> we nailed that.
0: I couldn't even pronounce his name when we were first talking about him. Monty Eunice is a heck of a player, dude. In, in terms of inside, outside, power
1: forwards, he's one of the better yeah. ones in the NBA, which is crazy. No, he's great, but I don't know if he can be as effective playing with Dwight. Sure, you know, sure. and also it's just matchups matter. I too. think their depth is a problem. I think they know this too, which is why they're fishing around for more, mm-hmm. for more upgrades. But I think if they're constructed as they are, I just don't think they can win three series with James Harden carrying the load he's carrying. I just think that's way too much to ask. And they have played, I think, a relatively easy schedule by West yeah. standards. I have
0: a quick aside question for you. As I watched, um, I was watching the Houston-Denver game the other night, which mm-hmm. was a good game. Harden played really well. Yeah. And part of what I noticed, more than anything, aside from scoring and the fact that he is playing defense and all that, he's such a good passer. Yeah, he's he incredible. He is so good. whips. He, mm-hmm. he has elements of lots of different point guards games. He's so good at the cross court diagonal whipping pass off the screen like Wall does well. Yeah, he's he's so good at the little slip screen passes like um um you know like um, Chris Paul does. He is he's a really gifted passer, and got me thinking. And I just want like the shortest answer possible from you because I don't want to put too much time into this. Is Oklahoma City a better team right now if Westbrook's playing on another team, James Harden still on their team, and um. Uh, what's his name, uh, the, uh, Reggie Williams, is, Reggie, Jackson. Reggie Jackson, I'm sorry, is playing point guard. Are they a better team? No. Okay, cool. That's all I wanted to hear from you. We'll no, talk no, about that true. another time. I actually think that they would be, and I'm the biggest Russell Westbrook fan in the entire world. I'm going to say no. Okay, good. That's an interesting topic. I'm going to circle that. We'll revisit it. I mean, have, it
1: depends if uh, injuries, obviously. Uh, I get rid of the injuries. Good, but, uh, uh, so, so, s- your, so your eight is Portland, my eight is, Portland, Portland. Eight is
0: Houston. Houston, my seven is Houston, your 7 is? The Los Angeles Clippers. Okay, let me go first then. Okay, so at 7... Well, we already I, talked about Houston. Well, just, so. The reason I have Houston at 7, similar to the things you said, but also because the more I watch Dwight, the less there is to his game. He, he's, he is a physical force insofar as for 25 minutes a game, other teams don't go into the lane. But by the end of the game, they play Dwight like he's any other center. There's plenty of guys that could jump and block your shot. Robin Lopez alters shots the same way that Dwight does now. It's yeah. just not the
1: same player. His I think knees, you're a little harsh body. with him. It just uh, depends if he's not, if the injuries are. Yeah,
0: I think it's so, a little harsh. So it's seven. You have the Clippers. I have the Clippers. Now that's now, interesting because
1: the Clippers be, are a really good team. Let's be. I just want to be clear. This is if no serious, significant moves are made by okay. any teams. So like Houston, the Clippers are two teams that could make a move. We should also
0: say we're basing this off off of a a roster of health. Oh I yeah, think, no I think it's injury. important to no, note no yeah.
1: injuries that are unanticipated. Right, exactly.
0: Okay. Unanticipated. Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll buy that. So you have you have the Clippers at seven. I do. Go ahead on that.
1: So I think that um, this is a team that is very shallow outside of Griffin and Paul. Paul's had, I think, a really good year. I think Griffin has not had a great year. He's struggled with some back injuries. He's not the same player. They have questions about DeAndre Jordan. I mean, he's just kind of the same guy, and he's a free agent. Like, what are they going to do with him? They really don't have anything on the wings. I think GM Doc really hurt Coach Doc in this <laughs> respect.
0: Well, GM, had, GM head coach people often get in each other's way, yeah. even though they're the same person. I mean, yeah. look at that trade they made to
1: lose. I mean, Jared Dudley was nothing special, but they, they got, caught, they got car, car, hard-capped and had to trade a first-round pick to get rid of him. They could have really used him, and... Matt Barnes is a big problem even now at the at you know at small forward, especially in the playoffs. Nobody's going to guard him. Mm-hmm. They don't have anyone behind him. They they they're weak in the backcourt. Crawford is a very one-dimensional player. I don't think Farmer is going to stay healthy. Spencer Hawes is all right. You know they yeah. just don't have in the playoffs. It's going to be so easy for people to key on Paul and Griffin. I think their window was last year. Sure. Unless they make a move, I I don't. I also think that they played the worst of any of the top eight. Other than Oklahoma City before Durant got back, I mean, I uh, think they, they started off. Up, they started off terribly, and then they picked yeah. up some wins against the East, and I think they're struggling a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, uh, they're they're
0: definitely still trying to find their stride. I think when you accomplish something uh, the season before,
1: what did they accomplish? Well,
0: then? they 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 emerged as a team that a lot of people, including both of us thought could be in the high 50 wins, compete for the Western Conference preseason. I'm looking at our preseason predictions. And yeah, we I we right. both did. So. I mean, I was high <laughs> on them, but so, I'm not,
1: I, I guess I underestimated the effect of Matt Barnes' decline. Well, he, he's, and he's been
0: dreadful. Um, they also don't, J.J. Reddick is a limited player. They, they handcuffed themselves a little bit As with GM saying, Doc, and yeah, I, GM I do agree GM Doc there. has
1: really hurt them. Um, so I, I think that they're okay. they're not a scary team, I so don't think. At six,
0: at six, I have the Dallas Mavericks. Okay. That's where I would have had them prior to the trade. It's where I still have them. They're going to be limited by depth. They're going to be limited by the matchups at the end of the season. When, when you get into a first-round playoff series um, and you're going to have to play it now, if I have them at the sixth best chance of winning it, but they're probably going to be seeded higher than that. You think so? I think so. I think I they're going to be seeded lower. I think they're going so to fall in the 4-5 game. Um, and hmm. I, I feel like in the 4-5 or five matchup That could probably be the Clippers And then they lose to the Clippers in the first round So I, I look at it like I'm not sure that Dallas got any better Than 4 or 5 different teams In the Western Conference Who were already better than them Now granted they're probably a lot better than now Than every team in the East But mm-hmm. um, but it didn't really help them positionally where they already stood. Um, this obviously all remains to be seen. We, they could go in one of two directions. They could go well up into the rankings with great chemistry and all these good players they have, mm-hmm. or it could take a while to get going. They could go like 10 and 10 over the next 20, and all of a sudden you know, the more realistic thing is being the 8th seed again and losing in the first round. Um, so I have, I have Dallas uh, at, at six. And I feel like at, at the end of the day, all they did was improve their opportunity to beat the teams ahead of them without actually going above them. Yeah, based I agree upon with the that. Yeah, um, I
1: think I'm going to – I, I had Dallas one spot higher, but okay. I agree generally that, you know, I actually think it's gonna they're going to lose some seating at least early. I think mm-hmm. it's going to take a little while for them to right, the ramp figure, up. Exact, figure themselves out. I think they're going to be like a dangerous 7 or 6. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at the standings, but yeah, I, I think that's a fair analysis, you know It's just it's a product of how deep the conference is. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they can't get any higher I have Portland as my number six. Okay uh, Just behind Dallas. I like Portland more than you because I think in a playoff series They have tough shot makers and that's a big thing You know, Guys who
0: can create their own shot as well. Right tough yeah. create, you know, yeah. that's
1: why they lost. They beat Houston You know, they have they have guys who you know, when nothing else is there, you know they can manufacture buckets from Willard mm-hmm. and Aldridge. Sure, and this is a quick
0: aside too. But if if anybody out there uh, last week watched the Bulls, um, the Bulls Portland game, mm-hmm. that was one of my favorite games of the entire season. Yeah, a and a large game. part of that was the Marcus Aldridge was incredible in mm-hmm. that game, and he was doing it up against a front court of really good players. Yeah, and in a, a great defensive team against him, trying to stop him, and he's one of the few guys in the NBA who. Um, similar to like Dirk in his prime, you can do your best defense, but the shot's going to get up. He's going to yeah, get it, a shot. It really off. is just like,
1: it, he misses and makes a, a very random <laughs> yeah, kind of... I totally you agree. Know, <laughs> yeah. it, it doesn't really have much to do with what you're doing against him. And exactly. I think, I think sometimes... A lot of people underestimate that quality yeah. in the playoffs. Sure. You know, when you have guys that can get shots when defenses tighten up, mm-hmm. that makes you really tough. I think yeah. they have a good scheme. I mean they're gonna miss Lopez, they're gonna drop some seating. Yeah. And I agree that they haven't really been overly impressive despite their record. Sure. They're kind of getting manufacturing wins. Mm-hmm. Their bench is better though. I mean Cayman has helped them. Uh, I think that's been a big thing for mm-hmm. them. And so we'll see, but I like I like their mix. I like their chemistry. I think in sure. the playoff series, that matters. And they but have they're still number six, way. just behind Dallas, I think, at number five. Okay,
0: yeah, and I have I have the Clippers at five. We don't okay. need to talk about them much more. The reason I have the Clippers at five, and, and again, I think that that first-round matchup, and the Clippers have the fifth-best chance of winning the West, but I think the first-round matchup of the 4-5 series, um, I think the Clippers are going to fall in that range. I, they haven't played well yet this year no, they but their ca- their their ceiling is still very high and for a 7 game series with Chris Paul being the general and and maybe a Blake Griffin who decides to stop taking 20 foot jump shots this is his primary offensive game um, I think they can win a series again. I think it's. I think that when you shorten the bench, that's when the Clippers are actually better. I, and right now, they're trying to use way too many tertiary parts that just really aren't good. Yeah,
1: anymore. but it's not just that they have a short bench. They have three. They have only three guys. Yeah. Who really, maybe four if you count Reddit, that oh, really scare you? So say they play
0: Dallas in the first round. That's a six-on-six six series.
1: Yeah, I think Dallas would beat them. Yeah.
0: Okay. That's an interesting so.
1: matchup. I think they would. Um, I, I. I until the Clippers can find someone that can make a perimeter shot. Mm-hmm. At the wing, I just think they're not. Right. Teams are—they're basically playing four and five all the time, hey, and I, I think that's a big problem in the playoffs. That, that Vivek matters. would like that. <laughs> that's his <laughs> new <number> the <laughs> other way around. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, so do you have four. This is where cool. I think it gets interesting.
0: So this obviously. So the four teams that we both have left are, and in no particular order, are Golden State, San Antonio, Memphis, and Oklahoma City. I have Memphis with the fourth best chance oh, of winning the West. Uh, I, I loved the uh, the Memphis um, Golden State game. Uh, the other night uh, ph- phenomenal to watch two completely different types of basketball turning into one great game um, as high as I am on Memphis they're getting peak performance right now and with, and they're playing tremendously at like 21 and four it's like a 850 winning percentage or 840 winning percentage or something like that, Yeah, that's it's above where they're at. But there's, their floor is also uh, capped as well because they are so good at defense because they're one of the few teams in the NBA whose best player is their center, which is a very throwback way to play the game.
1: Very so, important, I would say. Yeah, and
0: that's a distinct advantage they have over most other teams, especially in the West, which have so many good guards. Um, I have Memphis at four with the caveat of my one through four are super close. It's a razor thing. I agree. They're all,
1: you know, really one through eight are all very
0: close. It's true. It's true. But even more so one through four. I have Memphis at four. I'm not as big of a Mike Connolly fan as you are. (laughs) I think he's one of those guys who looks so good against, like, the 20 other point guards in the league. But the second he gets against those top ten, they and and this is just, and I know you hate it, but when I watch it with my eyes yeah, I have and eyes do too. a test.
1: I do, I do have eyes, too. He,
0: somewhat, he
1: always comes out watch a little, a little lower. Yeah. I don't watch so, basketball blind.
0: As, as solid as Mike Connelly is, and he's flirting with some percentages this year that would put him in, in some rarefied air in the 50-90-40 uh, the, uh, club, I believe it is. Um, that's field goal percentage, free throw percentage, three-point percentage. Uh, I think that they are uh, another perimeter scorer away that they cannot get because they don't have what it takes to trade for it. Um, so I put Memphis at four. Who do you have it for, Mike?
1: Well, I have Memphis much higher. I'm going to spoil. I'm going to wait to go ahead. But until I kind sure. of place them, this is a tough one. But I have the Spurs at number four. Okay. And I have that. I know that they are. They've injuries, and that every year we seem to kind of doubt them. I know that in say, December last year they looked a little wobbly, but. I just ha- I haven't seen that fluidity from them as offensively. I don't think that they really. I think that they're worse than their record. They've had a lot of kind of games. They're they pull seventeen out. and nine right now. 17-9. Yeah, I, I don't know if they're quite you know playing at that peak capacity. I'm not sure they're going to reach it hey, again. It's hard
0: to get to the top of the mountain <laughs> frequently. is very difficult. The yeah. NBA has got like a few teams who have ever won the title, right? Mm-hmm. Let alone have won multiple. Let alone have yeah. gone to as many as they have. So it's very difficult. You wonder maybe is that mental fatigue actually I starting to is, wear on them?
1: I think it is. I, the other thing is that, like, yeah, they, they've proven in the past that they can kind of pull games out without their full cast. Mm-hmm. But they it's been a lot harder for them this year, right. I think. And also, they're going to drop so, enough games where they're going to have to probably run through a gauntlet. And without potentially home without court home advantage. court. Right, right. And I think that's tough to ask from them. Sure. Sure. And like what? And so there's that, and you know I don't think it's just a lot of guys. That when are they going to find the rhythm? I mean, they gotta they have to find it. What? Like they need it a little bit. Yeah, and it's know? hard.
0: It's hard when every other game you're sitting a different combination mm-hmm. of two important players. If it's Parker and Ginobili, if it's Kawhi Leonard and Duncan, whatever it may be, and um, they need to play together. They need to get into it this season. Every yeah. season's unique because teams are changing to to combat what you do, not necessarily what you're doing is changing. Yeah. So they need to get that chemistry together, which they are lacking right now. And that's yeah, something I, I, we haven't I, said about Spurs in a while. Corey yeah. Joseph's playing too many minutes.
1: Well, they, they have <laughs> to. <laughs> they have so many injuries. I know, I know, I know. And exactly. Yeah, I, I think it's just the reason. The argument against the Spurs is really a reputation argument. Yep. And yep. sometimes that matters, and sometimes though reputation arguments are... When people are blind spots to not sure, spot sure. real problems that are happening. Agreed. And so we'll see what it is. Cool. So who's your number three? So my number three is Golden State. My number three is also Golden State. Hey, that's good. We, we, we finally we, agree. <laughs>
0: it only took to the well, number three. Well, I guess I three.
1: think I got a number two we're going to agree on then.
0: Um, we'll see. We'll see. All right. So I, the reason I have, um, I have Golden State at three is, and we said um, – we were assuming injuries, or we had, what was the word we used for injuries? Uh, uh, no unpredictable Unpredictable, difference. right. So here's a predictable one. Bogut's not going to play in the playoffs. Or if he does, it'll be in a limited capacity. Oh, uh, no, he'll play
1: in the playoffs. Or maybe,
0: eh, we'll see. So Bogut's the injury who makes, uh, he is the most pivotal player in the NBA who's not one of the top 25 players. He, he is the most important part of their defensive team, mm-hmm. which is what made them good last year. The offense should have been there anyhow. Mm-hmm. And the offense is there now. Um, but w- without Bogut on the court, they lack um, two things. A toughness and a big man who can actually have the ball in his hands. Because the rest of their big men, like uh, Azealy, uh for, for, as off the top of my head, he can't do anything no. other than maybe jump. So they have Spates and, and they'll have Lee. And, and, sure, and Spates is a small forward, power forward. He plays power forward, but his game is jump he's shooting. A, he's a
1: five, though.
0: Well, oh, he's playing five for them, but his game is away from the basket. Right. He's not defending he's the not rim. He's not a And right. they'll get
1: Lee back, and yeah. that'll help.
0: And, and David Lee's another guy similar to Spates. Like it's, in, they're very or uh, decidedly offensive players. Spates has a great offensive game. He did him out of college at Florida, and he did for he the, the Sixers. He awesome just hates. Player. He hates the defensive end of the court. Likes taking charges because he's good at flopping.
1: Yeah, they um, they played a little better than I thought without Bogut. Uh, I thought should, they would struggle a little bit. Sure. I think they probably. we we're, this is Friday. I think they would have lost Thursday if Durant oh, got, got hurt. Uh, Durant get hurt, hurt. Oh, I
0: texted all my friends last night. And said, Put on the game. They got a sixty watch coming. Yeah. Because KD was going to go off for sixty. He last was. Night. He, he, he was, was going to get there. We we said this uh, before the pod, but he was on the court with multiple other world class players some yeah. of th- you could argue three or four of the other top 25 players in the world mm-hmm. and uh, it looked like one guy was on the court I mean Kevin yeah. Durant had some <laughs> of Drew League game funny thing is that. they were
1: losing in half time. I know I know they uh, were but I think they would have won yeah, yeah so they're doing a little better than I thought mm-hmm. they're going to have some questions when they integrate Lee because he's going to have to take some maybe spaces minutes mm-hmm. you know and unit. Greens. I don't know if that's really a great thing. Sure. Their second unit does struggle without Curry, so the hope is maybe Lee helps some well, of that. Because the court spacing is a part of that, though,
0: too. Their second unit, when they bring Livingston in, Livingston's a, a foul line extended jump shooter. Mm-hmm. The second he comes out of that range, it's a force, because he's got a flat shot. Um... So they did, last night, their second unit, they kept Curry in with them. Yeah, now, Curry and Livingston worked very well together last night. I was going to say, they can, they and can manipulate I like that. some yeah. of this, though.
1: They can play, because I think Livingston with, has been a bit of a disappointment uh, yeah. with the second unit, but sure. if they play Livingston more with Curry and Stagger, the Splash Brothers minutes, they, can, they have the depth to figure it out. They have sure. a really good defense. I think they're still pretty good without bogus. Well, part of the
0: Livingston thing is because last year in Brooklyn, a big way they ran their offense was from him posting. Mm -hmm. which is not what he does in Golden State. They have a much more free-flowing offense. So um, he's learning and he's integrating his game into what they do. But uh, at the end of the day, his IQ for the game is super high. People like playing with Sean Livingston, too. Uh, And... We can't stress enough. Steve Kerr has had his like fingers, his grip on this team now for how many months? Like right, well, five or six. You know, <laughs> you, know you know. The
1: more I t- talk about it, the more I realize we may be underrating them. The, the concern I have is just Bogut. Yeah, you know, not. not I think oh, he'll be Twenty-two healthy. and three. Of course, we're underrating them at three. Yeah, <laughs> you know? but, I mean, Bogut. You know, and we'll see. I think he's going to play, but you know, it, it's asking a lot for him to kind of be upright and have no problems in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I. You know, the offense looks really good now. I, I wonder what it's going to do when teams are a little more keyed in on Curry. Yeah. Uh, yeah know, that's going to be interesting to see. All right, all
0: right. So that's the three seed, who actually happens to be the best team in the NBA, who just ripped off, like, 16. Yep. I mean, not three seed, I'm sorry. Third best chance of winning the West. Um. And my second best chance of winning the West are the Oklahoma City yeah, Thunder. Yeah, so they're
1: my number two as well. Okay.
0: Although, <laughs> yeah. I, I we agreed on two of the three. So, you yeah. Have
1: this, but then we don't even so, your number one is San Antonio. It. So, my number one is San Antonio. Yeah, we don't have to talk about San
0: Antonio. Well, I'm, my only point on San Antonio being the top chance is just because until they lose a seven game series, prove me wrong. It's a reputation argument. It's a reputation, but it's also it's, a series is such a different game. They're going to be able to make sure that they have their best players on the court because Pop will make his best players play the same way he allows for them not to in the regular season.
1: Yeah, but when they've lost, you know, let's think about when they've lost yeah. in the past. They have lost disappointingly, I would say, often, other than the finals a couple years ago. Yeah, before, against the Heat exclusively. They get players. upset by an eight seed. Mm-hmm. They get swept by the Suns. You know, they mm-hmm. get mm-hmm. really lose meekly to the Lakers a couple of years before that. Uh, who'd they lose to in 2009? Was that the year they... That was the year that the Suns beat them, right? Or wasn't there a year between? Or? Oh, man, I I don't know.
0: I don't know, Mike. You're the encyclopedia yeah, in that regard.
1: <laughs> they lose I, to Dallas.
0: The, Whatever it is, what, what I'm saying
1: with. is that when they lose, and even Oklahoma City, I think, in 2012, although well, that mm-hmm. was, like I think, a really tight series, yeah. they tend to lose... Series that you expect them to be more competitive because they're the Spurs is mm-hmm. what I'm saying. So yeah, when we talked about the Spurs. I think we agree on Oklahoma City. My number one though was Memphis.
0: So you have Memphis is the top. So so we'll clarify that. Are my three best chances? I had Golden State at three. Um, I had um, Oklahoma City at two, and I had the Spurs at one. You have Memphis at one, Oklahoma City at two, and Golden State at three. Yeah. Now, now why Memphis at one? Whereas I have met this all the way back, yeah. I think at like four. Well,
1: I think the Thunder would be one if they could trust that they could get a high enough mm-hmm. seed to avoid the gauntlet, which I don't. Yeah. I, I mean, this is. I, I know they're playing really well, but I, I really like the way their team is constructed this year. Though it's really a shame that they had the injuries. I love. I think that they We're talking about City. Ro- yeah, they yeah. got rid of Cephalosha It was no good. Yeah, it was garbage. Robertson. Robertson is Robertson Robertson better. Yeah. They got Anthony Morrow, great pickup. He can mm-hmm. hit shots. I thought that was really smart. They're now finally starting Adams so that they can kinda of pace Perkins. I think Perkins has been better this year yeah. as reserve. I think it's actually lifted That's a little bit off be. it's lifted a little bit off yeah. his shoulders. He never, they never have,
0: got to fall into his Jermaine O'Neal role. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they have Ibaka hitting threes now, which mm-hmm. is really dangerous. So mm-hmm. they actually in the past, teams could shrink the court against him. Absolutely. Them. I don't think they can do that anymore. Well
0: and Ibaka's always been a guy and, and this is there are certain players in the NBA who are 20 and 10 in the regular season, but then that becomes 13 and 7 in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He's been that. No, I don't think that's going to be what he is this year. I think he's going to continue to play really well I because know. he's emerged as a he is much so better player. He's so important
1: to them. I know. I really do think if they had him last year, they would have beaten the Spurs. Yeah, well, I know a lot of people don't share that opinion. I I, I really think that they they would have beaten the Spurs. So I like the way they're constructed. Yeah, they have Westbrook is playing out of his mind. Sure. I think that's going to continue. Sure. I just think that, you know, is it gonna? Are they gonna be able to get up high enough so that can they win three series on the road? That's the big question. <sighs> yeah. So that's why yeah. I have Memphis number one. Now, right. what I like about Memphis, I know you, they don't have, like, the perimeter to mm. no score, but I mean, they can make is their perimeter guy. What's that? Connolly kind of is their perimeter score. Yeah, but they can mix and match. You know, I think it was actually really encouraging this week to see the way Vince Carter played. That's a big thing for them because he was struggling. They can now put him in in a tight fourth quarter situation and get the spacing they need.
0: It's incredibly important, though, that they not put too much emphasis on winning those regular season games. In December, by overusing Vince, because you're going to want to have the best Vince possible come April. And yeah, that's an inc- they won't though.
1: They have so much depth on the perimeter. Well, they
0: are so deep. Yeah, they are. They're deep with very similar. Yeah, you're right with They're, similar I mean, players.
1: No, I mean they have. You can play. You can go defense with Allen. I think Prince has looked a little better recently. Did Allen get hurt the other night? Uh, I don't know. Tony under- sure. Okay. And then you're not a big Courtney Lee guy. I'm a big yeah. Lee guy. I think he's very underrated. I'm well, a big fan of his. Conley's playing well. Low- Gasol aggressive. Yeah, I that's mean, a huge slam down Gasol. Forget like, like a okay. So forget like and we have <laughs> so
0: we haven't mentioned Zebo. Yeah.
1: Forget <laughs> about like. Do they have a perimeter score? Yeah. If Gasol's playing this way, he's their He's their scorer. Yeah, he's also their facilitator.
0: Cause he's I mean, he's an incredible monster. passer too. Um. And they
1: have a great defense that has, I would say, not been as good this year, but they can turn that on. Mm-hmm. They have oh, they great They did it depth. the other night. They went yeah. on a run. They
0: turned a switch, and it was an automatic defensive mm-hmm. crush. They were they've, great.
1: They have great depth, and I think they're going to have more home games. I think, I think they could get the two seed or the mm-hmm. one seed. I mean, real I mean, Golden State looks on a good path, but if Bogut's out for a while, yeah.
0: Well, we'll see. They're only one game. They're 21-4. and four, so, Right. I mean, that's a really good start. Can you
1: win? I mean, if, no, if they have home court
0: advantage, I mean, that's a huge advantage. I was going to say, if you took the last uh, month and a half of last season, so when Gasol got healthy last year mm-hmm. into this year, I don't know what their total record is, but it's insane. Incredible. It's incredible, yeah. And
1: they're another team that like, I think is, uh, they have continuity. I know in the past mm-hmm. they've struggled in crunch time. That could yeah. happen again. Uh, but they, they are, now that Gasol is actually shooting, Mid-range shots. They're a tough shot-making mm-hmm. team as well.
0: Yeah, I think the more selfish Gasol gets, it's actually the better it is mm-hmm. uh, for the Grizzlies. But look, our our top eight is going to be a nebulous tally for the rest of the year yeah. i swear I, next time we do this they're all better I bet, teams than I mean, anyone in the these exactly and that's <laughs> and that's why uh number seven right now in the standing san antonio is five and a half games out of first place I'm which is insane um and you still have teams like phoenix oklahoma city who aren't even in the playoff picture right now with new orleans currently at the eighth seed because Anthony, not lie. Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday are playing tremendous together, um, which which I they really are, like. I love yeah, that one good. too. It might be my favorite one too I'm in the league. So,
1: I'm so sad that they're in that conference, because yeah, yeah. I think in the East, you know, you have five good teams in the East. Yeah. I do think you have five good teams. Well, in the
0: East. we'll do. I'll tell you. What, well, next week we'll do our top five. In, in the East. East. Yeah. Oh, that'll be an interesting one. Because you only get to go five deep, but I it could go anyway. I think we're going to have some different opinions oh, well, on that one. I know we will, because I don't have Atlanta at one. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, <laughs> no, no. next week, we're going to dive more into the Knicks. We'll talk about the art of being dysfunctional, highlighted by the Sacramento Kings, the New York Knicks. We'll run down our top five in the East. This was fun, though, man, because I'll yeah. tell you what. We could talk about the West for another 10 hours. Uh, we could talk about the MVP candidates, all of which who are also from the West, except for maybe LeBron James. We'll do that again on another podcast. Kyle Lowry, good player. John Wall. John Wall, Gary Payton 2.0. We'll talk about that as well. There's too much to talk about for one pod. I had a blast. I'm Ben. That's Mike. Until next time, Limited Upside
1: Podcast.